0: On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, stock up, stock down after a 23-14 to 14 win in Los Angeles over the Rams. The Eagles now 5-0. This is the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Lockdown Eagles Podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles. Your first listen each and every day, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Louis DiBiase, Joined as always by Gino Camilleri. We're going to continue to recap a 23-14 win for the Birds over the Rams. And Gino, we both said on the post-game show, although it was a nine-point win which is not their biggest margin of a victory so far this year. It felt like it on the field, pretty much everything outside of the box score. This was the most dominant win I think of the season. It felt like the most this most the closest thing we've seen to the 2022 Eagles so far.
1: In the second half for sure. In the first half that sure. pass defense was From nothing. From a secondary like
0: perspective, yes.
1: But from Jalen Hurts' perspective, from the offensive line perspective, from the run game perspective, from getting the ball in the air for over 300 yards, that was the equivalent of everything that we had saw that we had been preaching that they needed to consistently do to become one of these teams that is in the hunt each and every year. And I listened to a bit on Chris Long's show today with him and his brother, fantastic show, Greenlight Pod. And and he was talking about, he's like, when are – the Eagles going to be considered like the Patriots where they've just been good for like six to seven years and they just find ways to win. Like there were those years when Tom Brady would start off slow, but then they would figure out ways to win and claw it together. And I'll take that any day of the week, right? Like a, well, the Chiefs just,
0: sometimes too, right? You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not how you start. It's how you finish and everybody's hot on San Fran, right? But we're not crowning Super Bowl champions on, October 10th, 2023, right? Like we have to wait for the calendar to flip before that happens. But the other day was exactly what you wanted to see a step in the right direction, especially after a defensive performance against Sam Howell. That wasn't great. Mm-hmm. There were some hits and misses in the air that prior week against Washington, But it just seemed like everything was working, especially in that second half where you don't allow the Rams to go over 100 yards and you just dominated them in every single facet, offensive line, defensive line. You shut down their pass game. You were able to pass the ball. You were able to run the ball. And it just looked like a complete performance to the point where even special teams is getting just me not talking about them which is probably the best thing that could happen
0: (laughs) that's so true and you know i think the main thing though was jalen hurts continues to look better and better every single week he now has Mm -hmm. back-to-back 300 yard passing performances was amazing against washington i thought he was equally as good against the rams so definitely stock up to jalen hurts over a 65 percent completion percentage in each of these games the eagle and he was mostly money where it counted on third down the eagles were 13 of 18 and he converted four of those third downs, including a passing touchdown with his arm, and six of those conversions were with his legs. So I thought his ball placement was equally as good as it was against Washington, but this time you finally saw him running more. Do I want him to take less contact? Of course, but to see him unleash that showed one of the missing elements of this offense, and yet it still wasn't even the most impressive part. I still think it was his pocket passing which shows how far this guy has come but to see that complete package on Sunday that felt the most like last year's MVP caliber Hurts where he was just hitting you in any way he wanted with his legs arms everything
1: even with that interception that I don't think should be counted for much because he was trying to
0: go and score a touchdown it was just a yeah.
1: miscommunication if Jalen Hurts plays like that you could expect to be in every single game that you play from Now, until should expect to
0: win every single game if he's playing. Absolutely
1: right, and he only threw one touchdown, but he ran for a touchdown. Yep. But where it mattered, where it mattered in big moments, able to take 32 seconds and turn that into seven points right before half. That's stuff that you talk about with the great quarterbacks, the ones where Tom goes on the field and Peyton and Aaron, and it's like. Oh, too much time. How much time is too much time? Any time is too much time, right? Look at Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds against the Buffalo Bills a couple years ago. And that's what it felt like with Jalen when he hits that trigger, when he goes Steph Curry mode, when he goes Dame time, whatever it is, when that switch goes on, nobody can mess with this guy, man. And he was Mm -hmm. just on another planet and Ruben Frank, I believe, tweeted it out that the Eagles right now are second behind the Kansas City Chiefs in conversions of third and five or longer on third down, yeah. and a lot of that has to do one with the arm. But look at what he did with his legs on that third and seven, oh. where his bones should have shattered. By, by the, the way, way a he terrifying on his play.
0: You know, like everybody else probably tears right. their ACL in that. That's the one thing I'd like him to avoid. But I will say though. Even the runs he unleashed more on Sunday, it was more still based on necessity than preference. Most of his scrambles came on third downs or when plays broke down. He wasn't leaving pockets as early. He was still standing in there and wanting to throw the football first and run second.
1: Necessity. Necessity, necessity. That's when he has to continue to run. And it's not that 2020-2021 version of Jalen where he's just doing it to get by because he's an athlete who happens to play the quarterback position. No, he's a quarterback who happens to be a very good athlete. and. Look at some of the throws that he made. Fran Duffy did a great job breaking it all down on some of the top plays on the Philadelphia Eagles' YouTube page and breaking down that throw to Dallas Goddard on the touchdown where he throws that ball before Dallas even hits the top of his break at the Mm -hmm. top of his stem, and he puts that ball behind Dallas so the defender cannot make a play on it. Right. Then the best play of the day, Lou, the best throw of the day might have came when he put that ball on a dime to AJ Brown, I tweeted this out if you want to see the clip, and I slowed it down from the all 22 angle. That might have been the best pass I've seen from him all season. Just
0: like the week before, Gino, there's two weeks in a row now, there was a deep attempt to Brown, which was, I think, the best throw maybe of the day that mm-hmm. wasn't caught.
1: It was the best throw of the day that wasn't oh, caught. So. It might have been the best throw of the day in general. I don't know. That throw to Dallas Goddard. Oh, down the left side. Really line. smart. Beautiful. Because. Fran Duffy also broke this play down, but the Rams were playing quarters and Devonte Smith is running a post. So in quarters, the outside cornerback who is defending Devante is responsible for anything up and out to the sideline. Devante runs an inside post. So he loses that assignment and Jalen recognized that immediately and knew that Dallas Goddard is running this pseudo type of wheel route. And that vicinity is going to be wide open. And he put that thing, right in a sprinter stride, right in his hands, like he did to AJ Brown a couple times this game and last week. And it's just getting better and better, Lou. And I honestly feel like a proud dad sometimes watching him throw, right? Like it feels weird, but like, see how far he's come. Yeah. I mean, 2021,
0: that's not clicking that fast, right? No, it's not. It's not even coming close. He's not, you even, might not even thinking see of making that throw. No, exactly. The anticipation is just on another level right now. And so is the ball placement, the mobility. You can tell, too, Gino, you know, I think each week he's been getting better and better. He's clearly getting more and more comfortable in this offense with Brian Johnson. I feel like there's less hesitation as each game goes on because although he was still making some big plays the first few weeks, you did feel like he wasn't still, he was still getting his legs underneath him in this offense. And now I feel like he's just. It's becoming, um, you know, muscle memory again.
1: And I think Brian Johnson and him are finally figuring it out everywhere besides the red zone, but I think they yeah. really got into a rhythm. There were some great play designs. There were some great, greatly executed plays just from everybody on the football field. The The running game continues to help out that pass game when you can rely on DeAndre Swift to make them and have to respect the run and bring guys down into the box, which Helps open up that pass game for Jalen and everybody involved. And when you have to really make sure that DeAndre and him don't escape the pocket, because if DeAndre gets out there, I mean, he's been lethal in space getting the ball in the air, right? And this offense is just becoming so multifaceted, multidimensional, with an element of speed, with an element of just slam it right in your face with Dallas Goddard just breaking heads on I don't know how right you guard your chest. I don't know.
0: I tweeted out, like, how do you stop this Eagles offense? And somebody simply said you have to outscore them. And that's starting to feel like what it is because even when they're playing at 70% of their capabilities, the other team, I said this the other day, it still feels like they have to play at 110%, even, Gino, when they're not scoring in the red zone. Like, as you mentioned, they're still not even hitting their ceiling because they're not finishing a lot of these drives into touchdowns.
1: And the turnovers that they had gotten those first four weeks The bounces have gone against them, and they're still finding ways to win games. And Chris Long made a great point on his show where he said, if you're in that room with Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, and you're breaking down this game Monday through Saturday, and you said, and you could see what happens, that the Eagles only scored 23 points.
0: 100
1: times out of 100, you think you win that game. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And they didn't because the Eagles took away things that – the Rams thought they could just continue to get away with. And in the second half, when your pass game, which was the most dominant unit of any unit in that first half, turns to nothing, well, the Eagles just did a better job. One, creating a team with this amount of depth and skill po- skill on the team and just the willpower to continue to overcome every bit of adversity. Even when all the momentum is in the favor of the Rams right before half, Jalen Hurts says, no, 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 guys. We're going to go get points, and this game, this is our game. This is our house. If you listen to that stadium, that was a home game from those Eagles fans.
0: I agree, and it wasn't just Jalen Hurts that shined on Sunday. There were a lot of players that stepped up on both sides of the ball. Stock up, coming up next, right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast.
1: The Eagles are on a bit of a road stretch if you want to go see them in New York, actually New Jersey this week, or if you want to go down to Lincoln Financial Field. There's only one place that I recommend you get your tickets. It is at... Game time. Game time, they are better than all the ones that you have used in the past. They're more reliable, easier, and fairly priced. I'm telling you, I used them to go to the Oregon game when they played Colorado a couple of weeks ago. Colorado tickets are not cheap, and I got the best deal over at Game Time. What did I do? I took my phone, I downloaded the Game Time app, took about three seconds here, and then I created an account and I used a code LOCKEDONNFL and I got $20 off my first purchase and you could do the exact same thing today all you have to do download the game time app use the promo code locked on nfl for twenty dollars off your first order download game time today
0: last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed This is the Locked On Eagles podcast. We thank you so much for making us your first listen each and every day. It's time for stock up after a 23-14 win over the Rams on Sunday. The Eagles 5-0 for the second year straight, of course, as we mentioned in all of segment one. Stock up to Jalen Hurts continues to get better and better. He looked like the 2022 MVP candidate, just like he did the week before against Washington. But, know his weapons looked equally as good. And I FaceTimed you after that final drive in the first half because I was so juiced up for how quickly they moved down the field because you're you're seeing the secondary get cooked by Matt Stafford, by Puka Nakua, by uh, Cooper Cup, by Tutu Atwell, and you're thinking, this might be a problem this year. Like, Can they overcome this secondary despite everything else that's going well for them? And then I kind of snapped out of it because Jalen, A.J. Brown, Dale Scott, they drive down that quick, and I'm like – Man, of course, like you don't want to ignore the red zone offense issues, the secondary problems, but when you're that good at just moving the ball whenever you want, it feels like you can beat anybody regardless of every other circumstance. Why I feel like the Patriots felt like, and they always did win when you had Tom Brady and a Rob Gronkowski or when you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Of course, the roster has to be good too, but that just, it elevates so much. And so Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown stock up to those two. They were on another level Sunday. When has there been like that type of wide receiver,
1: tight end, where both of those guys are equally as good playmakers
0: as each other? That, oh, I don't think. I mean, I'm not on this level, because Alshon and Ertz were very good, but not on this level. I don't know if the Eagles have ever had that kind of combo, like a Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, one-two punch.
1: Right, and and that's a, it's a little bit different, right? I mean, Tyreek and AJ are completely different yeah. players, but that element of, I have two elite guys that I could put out there and they basically are going to win their one-on-one matchups regardless and these guys are averaging crazy numbers in the air A.J. Brown thanks to Ruben Frank has the most yards through 22 of his first games as an eagle over everybody Lou, this guy is on fire A.J. Brown is a stud you said he was on pace the other day for 1,800
0: yards over 1,800 yards Gino yeah he has I mean, right now, the last three games, he has more yards in a three-game stretch than any Eagle in seventy-one years. Wow! So I just say all time because those guys are playing against plumbers. So yeah, (laughs) you're a big time anti-old sports. Very much so. Pre nineteen seventy, I'd say I start to lose interest.
1: But how great does it feel, man? That like this guy can go off at any given time, and when you needed it, the biggest play. How many guys make that one-handed catch over the middle right before halftime?
0: But honestly, as crazy as it is, you know, I have confidence that two other weapons on this offense can do it. That's how good they are.
1: It's surreal. It's a fever dream to an extent, and how did Tennessee ever trade this guy? How can you support that that franchise that traded that guy? This is a call to all Titans fans. You have to reevaluate what you are doing with your fandom to give up. At the time, Lou, 24 years old, 24-year-old this guy was, had yeah. multiple thousand-yard seasons. Now was on pace just a few years later for 2,000 yards almost. You're out of your mind giving up this guy when the Eagles already had Devontae Smith. You right. made your bed, now lie in it, and that's what the rest of the NFL is going to have to do if these two continue to go off. And, oh, we still have Devontae in our back pocket. Oh, and DeAndre's putting together the best – Passing game as a running back that we have seen since Miles Sanders' rookie year. This is what we've wanted, Lou. Like that fast pace, here we go. We're going to throw that ball down the field offense. This it's, is it. It's it so can far removed it. from 2018. And how crazy is it that Dallas Goddard was in that 2018 offense, which we're saying is like elephants on parade, but those elephants are walking backwards and they're walking up a flight of stairs? They were so slow and we're so far removed from that.
0: I agree. And that's the thing with A.J. Brown. I don't, the Titans, what they, because some receivers, I guess you could say, well, we don't want to pay him because of an injury history. He's one dimensional. With A.J. Brown, it's like the most complete skill set you could have for a receiver. Against single coverage this year, Gino, he's number one in PFF grades, number one in receptions, number one in yards. Because how do you defend this guy when he's. That tall, that physical, that good of a route runner, that fast down the field, those good of hands, the one-handed catch over the middle, that kind of concentration is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he's been on a tear the most yards through the last three games of any receiver, 430 to be exact, as you mentioned, on pace for over 1,800 yards. So stock up to A.J. Brown. But Dallas Goddard, too, eight catches for over 100 yards. Gino, that's a a type of player that, again, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown can certainly carry an offense, but... Goddard's a different type of receiver that can make plays that only really he can. And having that element, again, you can just, that and Hurts' mobility, you felt the offense take another step. Even though they were scoring 30-plus in multiple games this year, you just felt it be even more unstoppable on Sunday because of those elements.
1: When you have all of these clubs in your bag, pitches in your arsenal, whatever metaphor that I've used over the last month and a half to describe these guys – It's so tough to defend because when you take away one element, then all of a sudden the the next guy is going to show up. And then it's like, oh, they game plan to take away Devontae Smith and everything deep. Well, the two guys that are really good in those intermediate areas that if they get the ball in space are also very good at yards after the catch. Well, that's tough to defend. And if you want to take that away, well, see example one and Devontae Smith has that week like he had a couple weeks ago
0: this offense in general stock up because you know the entire offensive line you could say dominated i mean jason kelsey was a man possessed on sunday landon dickerson had the highest pff grade of any eagle no pressures on over 40 pass blocking snaps wayne johnson still is not allowed a sack since 2020 and how about Opetta going up against potentially the best interior pass rusher of all time allows zero sacks zero quarterback hits and just three pressures i mean that's what a performance. Jeff Stoutland, shout out to him. That entire offense was just on another level Sunday. And again, to eliminate Aaron Donald like that, when Jalen Carter's blowing up double teams on the other side, it just shows how good this unit is. I saw it was like on the Dan Levitard show today, and I think this was a great point. The Eagles offensive line might be the best unit in the entire NFL, like over the Bengals receiving core, over anything. They're, they're the best unit in the league. Might. Yeah, they, no, they, they are. are. They are. They are. And... That's
1: with a backup right guard. And that's, that's with the, the
0: ridiculous part. I mean, <laughs>
1: it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, especially because you've seen the volatility and the variability between starters and backups in the National Football League, i.e. the game that you just played where Rob Havenstein comes off the field and then they put a backup in there and Hassan Redick sends this man to the shadow realm the following rep. Sua Opeta, the very first snap, they're like, no, we're going to double this guy and go after 99. We're going to go right after Aaron Donald. We're not shying away from anybody. And that's the thing about football is that when you can do that, that type of mentality, Lou, where it doesn't matter who you are, you could be Superman. You could be a generational player but I think I misspoke the other day and said Aaron Donald got a sack in that game. Jeff Stoutland has never allowed Aaron Donald to get a sack in the entirety of his time coaching for the Eagles against the Rams.
0: That's crazy to say out loud. Unfortunately for the Rams, they could not say the same about Jalen Carter. Gino Jalen had two sacks on Sunday. Hassan Reddick, also two sacks. Those two, I mean, they they stole them from the NFL. Last mm-hmm. offseason, Hassan Reddick had no business signing that kind of contract. Jalen Carter this year had no business falling to ninth overall. I mean, those plays, and Reddick just continues to – it really was the cast. It must have been the cast because he has three sacks now in two games without it, and all three of them came in such a massive spot to get a third and long sack and then a fourth and long sack last game. in At the end of the third quarter or the fourth quarter, in a tough spot where they're still only up by one score – I mean he's the most clutch edge rusher in the NFL and the floodgates are opening just like they did last year. All he needs is that one sack and the momentum rolls.
1: You said they stole him, they're going to have to pay him after this. They're
0: I was going to say he's going to they're going to pony up now cuz he is vastly underpaid.
1: He's not going to make it till the end of his contract. But luckily you know nobody
0: else in this defensive line is making money. I mean Jalen Carter already is maybe the best defensive tackle in football and he's on a rookie contract. He's only 5 games into his career.
1: You have him cost controlled until 2028. He's basically. the skill
0: of the decade. I can't believe how good he was. I mean, I can believe it now, but oh my gosh. There were two plays where Hassan got a sack and Jalen Carter may have
1: made the better play. And yeah. Jalen got a and sack. That has, Hassan on Jalen's first sack, Fran Duffy broke this down and it was unbelievable to see from the end zone view. Hassan Reddick goes speed to power, gets underneath Havenstein's chest and walks Havenstein behind Matt Stafford, like literally took him from the right side of the field to the left side of the field. And Jalen Carter was able to clean it up. And on Hassan Reddick's final play, Jalen Carter went in there and took a double team and made it look like these guys weren't 650 pounds combined and playing in the national football league. He makes it look easy and he's five games into his career and he makes plays when they need him to, his first sack was under a minute left in that game against New England. He comes up big in the fourth quarter. That's what Hassan Riddick does. They got guys with the clutch gene. And that's what I love more than anything, especially after going back to 2018 and seeing them let situations slip. And you away hate the time 2018
0: time Eagles. I hard. hate
1: it. Hey, oh, you got to relax with the
0: 2018 Eagles. They almost went to the Tennessee, Tennessee championship Blue. game. Carolina,
1: I don't I care know, about like, come almost. On. <laughs> That's a, it's not horseshoes and hand. Like go after names, the
0: 2020 though. Eagles though.
1: They didn't do things like this though. Like they. No, they I didn't get it. I know they've come a like long
0: this. way for sure. Jalen yeah. Carter. Listen to this stat. Since next gen stats has been tracking pressure data, there's only two defensive tackles that have ever in their first five games recorded 25 plus pressures, three and a half plus sacks, and two plus forced fumbles Jalen Carter and Aaron Donald. And Jalen Carter looked way better than Aaron Donald on Sunday.
1: Without a doubt. That's not hyperbolic, folks. Go watch all of the plays from Aaron, go watch all of the plays from Jalen. I know there's quite a difference in offensive line play, but it doesn't matter when you're playing with the top pick in this week.
0: do you know wasn't a perfect game though they definitely have some things to work on on both sides of the ball we're going to get into that stock down coming up next right here on lockdown eagles today's show is sponsored by fanduel snap into the action this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet if you rode with me in loe3 I got you some money with Dallas Goddard. Finally, that's $200 back in bonus bets, though. Win or lose, regardless of our bets at FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You name it. Visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL, and the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the Locked On Eagles Podcast. We're wrapping up a Tuesday edition of the show. Stock up, stock down after a 23-14 to 14 win over the Rams. You know, as we mentioned, stock up to Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, the offensive line, Hassan Reddick, Jalen Carter. There's so many guys. I mean, we didn't even mention Sean Desai, whose defense was getting cooked in the first half. And then what an adjustment in the second half to hold the Rams to only 14 total points. I mean, he out-coached McVay on Sunday. I agree.
1: And I got to give a hats off to somebody who I've not ever said anything positive about on this show, Mike Clay. The Eagles are currently fourth in the NFL in punt return average at 16.9 yards. They're actually setting themselves up with really good field position. I got to say, every time I I watch the
0: special teams unit, I just feel like that Shaq meme where it's, I'm so sorry, I was not aware of your game. Like that's That's (laughs) Britton Covey. That's how I feel. Britton Covey's killing it right (laughs) now. Yeah, stock up to Britton Covey in the special teams unit. Jake Elliott, I mean, continuing to hit field goals. The issue is, though, Gino, Jake Elliott has to be on the field more than he should. And that's stocked down to the red zone offense. They have to continue to settle for three. And that's the only reason, again, we mentioned that game on Sunday felt like the most dominant 2022 type of performance from this team as a whole. And yet they only won by nine. Why? Because this offense, they can do anything until they get in between. It's like that 20 to 10 yard line mark. And when they're in that area, they just melt. And I don't know why they've attempted more field goals than any team in the league this year. That should not be the way it is when you're an offense, as you mentioned, has the speed, has the power, can run, can pass, they have a mobile quarterback. I mean, why they're not scoring touchdowns when they get down there? They can get the tush push when it's a, a one to three yard run. But when, again, they're in that 20 to 10 yard area, they melt. They got to figure something out with that because it's you have to convert when you play better teams. And this isn't something of just,
1: Being upset to be upset, no. The Eagles are second in the league in total yards per game, right? Second in rush yards per game, 10th in pass yards per game. They have their third in first downs per game. What are they in third down? Second and third down, yeah. For uh, 10th and fourth down, second in time of possession. 23rd in goal to go situations and 27th in red zone offense. Like, sorry yeah. that took me a, a little bit to get there, but no, your I mean, offense is shows. so good, and that's such an out. Like, that doesn't make sense. If you were to take the statistics and go back to your statistics course from 101 back in college, like that's an outlier. You cut that off completely and say, How do we get this thing back to the median, back to the average? You have to at least get to average, Lou, because when you're scoring. 28.2 points per game, which is fifth in the league. Yeah. You want to get to first. You need to get to first. Look at the Super Bowl last year. As many points as you scored, it wasn't enough points.
0: Right. Gino, you know, last year they were second in touchdowns and 31st in field goal attempts. This year they're 13th in touchdowns, they're first in field goal attempts. That, that has to change. They were averaging 10 plays a drive on Sunday, and to only put up 23. Is, it really is inexcusable, and a lot of it's on Brian Johnson. Again, he even mentioned it in his press conference today. Football is different when you get down there. Well, he recognized it, and if he doesn't know how to get it done, I mean, you've mentioned it a few times the past couple of weeks. You might have to find a, another voice to get in there for play calling when it gets down to the 20-yard line and up.
1: That was one of the things that I, I think we applauded Nick Seriani for. I think we applauded a young Doug Peterson for, was that when things weren't going right, they tried different things. Great point, yeah. Look at Doug with Andy Reid. The reason that Doug became Doug was Andy handed him that two-minute offense. Because and he Andy got sucked with time
0: management. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go, Lou. There's always a correlation. There's always a root cause. And there's always somebody that might be able to do something better than you. And Brian Johnson, really, really good from their own end zone up to about the 22-yard line. And from there it. in... I don't understand. I think it's more condensed. There's less things the defense can do. I don't know exactly what it is, or maybe it's just, it's like the catcher that can't throw back to the pitcher. Like it just a tick in his head. Like he just can't call the right play. It's like I, a robot. That's just like, I got to call three run plays. Got to call three that's run plays. Got to call three run plays. no, you don't it just never makes do sense. That.
0: I mean, there's just way too much kind of gain. Well, when you get down there too many QB, like direct runs, it's, I don't know. I just, yeah, when he gets down there, it just he loses his rhythm that he builds up when I think he's been getting going in the other areas of the field over the last month. So, you know, stock down definitely to the red zone offense. They have to be better. There's no excuses when you have that kind of personnel that any any type of play you need to make down there, when it gets tighter, they should be able to make. So um, one player, though, that's not making plays stock down to, I mean, I've had to jump ship now the last few weeks. It's Quez Watkins. Um, that third and two where he misses two easy blocks to pick up a first down. The fact that he's waving his hands, I know he was wide open in the end zone and Hurts missed him on the one play. He's got no right to be calling for the ball right now. Um, And, Gino, they're kind of giving me the press conferences today and yesterday, very J.J. Ortega-Whiteside energy where they kept saying he was a great blocker. They just keep pointing to Quez Watkins' speed. And I get that, but eventually you have to touch the football to show that speed impacts the game or else – like. Why not just put Devin Allen out there? He's fast. Marquise Goodwin is fast too. Just speed is not everything. It's you can be fast and still be terrible in the NFL. So them saying that's the reason he's out there is not a good enough reason. And I was a huge Quez guy. Everybody that listens to the show knows that. Well,
1: one, thank you, and welcome to Quez Anonymous. It's great of you to admit. I don't want to be here,
0: but <laughs> <laughs>
1: you got to. It's the first step of admitting when something isn't going Hi, right. My name's
0: Louie, and I'm a Quezaholic.
1: Yeah, but. I can't believe that Brian Johnson today, when asked about Quez Watkins' intangibles, he was asked about his intangibles in the press conference, and he says, well, he's a really fast player. I'm so glad you brought up Devin Allen. Because Devin Allen is an Olympic sprinter who might be one of the right. fastest people on the face of the planet. For him to say that is
0: just downright insanity. And maybe though, Gino, like Deshaun Jackson, I get it. Sometimes he would only touch the football once, but you would still see his impact. Safeties were backing up for their lives. It was opening things up. Quez Watkins, I got news for the NFL, is not, for these coaches, he's not opening up anything for Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And the tape will absolutely show that. So to me, like I think Quez's skill set is better than Ole Miss Zacchaeus. He's a more talented player but production eventually has to come like oz had the, the last two games or else you can't be on the field anymore and quez is just not good enough even when you don't really like need that third receiver it would be nice to have a guy make more plays and oz made them and quez hasn't in a long time so they they've got to get something done there whether it's gives Zacchaeus more opportunities or go trade for somebody i mean you were texting me about Nicole hardman today van jefferson apparently is on the trade block he just got traded to atlanta who did
1: like two minutes after you sent that, he got traded, Van Jefferson.
0: Oh, Van Jefferson got – see, there we go. But Atlanta, they gotta do, yeah. they're got to do. they going to have to do something, even though it's not going to be Van.
1: I'm over it. I, I can't stand watching somebody who – the effort questions were there for me when I was watching his tape last yeah, year, just not finishing so. his routes. And then I see Elimides Zacchaeus make maybe the best hustle play I've seen out of a wide receiver last mm-hmm. week and saw his explosiveness. And then for them to hand the reins back to this kid – It just, it drives me insane that you can do something as crazy as that, where you continue to try and stick a round peg in a square hole. And the whole time, this whole offseason, Lou, what is the one word I harped on for these guys that are only going to get two to three touches a game? What was the one word that they had to be with their touches? Do you
0: remember this word? I mean, efficient's popping in my head. <laughs>
1: yes, you have to be efficient. When Olemide Zacchaeus has two touches last week, one of which is a touchdown, and then o- and then Quez Watkins does. Yeah, what you're he not does asked to do week. much. No, like, you like, You just have to do it well.
0: Yeah, it's like the eighth man off the bench in the NBA. That's a good shooter. Like we just need you to hit one or two corner threes. That's Quez. Like we just need you to hit one or two of these a game. We're not asking for much, and not even a corner three, dude. Lay it no. up, and we'll give yeah. you a trampoline to jump yeah, into the hoop. Yeah, it's got to be OZ, I think, moving forward. We'll see what happens. But the snap count, it was like, what, 50 to 9? I mean, mm-hmm. it was it, wasn't even it was all Quest. He instantly came back as the guy. And OZ had two really good games in a row. So I, I don't know what their logic was. I mean, they explained it. I don't agree with it, though. Um, you know, I, I, we were going to say stock down to the corners at some point, but then they recovered very nicely in the second half like, You know, of course, it's not fair to Eli Ricks and, you know, uh, Mario Goodrich to be going up one-on-one against Cooper Cup, who might be the best inside route runner in the NFL. Um, But then, and Darius Slay and James Bradbury weren't doing well either, but they recovered really nicely in that second half. Bradley Roby played excellent, allowed minus four passing yards, actually, in that half. And Slay and uh, Bradbury, they shut things down in the second half. I think Stafford was two of seven with a thirty-nine point six rating when targeting those two. So excellent adjustment by the corners too. I don't even—I'm not going to say stock down, but I just wanted to mention them too because they were battling. They were—it looked it looked really bad for a bit, and they recovered. How
1: it's stocked down to first halves in general. It just seems like this yeah. team plays better in the second half every single week. Sure. Right? They just dial it in after halftime. They make the adjustments that they need to and. After last game, some people say that halftime adjustments are just, like, faux pas and they're not a real thing. Well, if you're Jonathan
0: Gannon, sure, yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah, we lived that reality for a little bit. But Sean Desai, I mean, in 15 minutes, he changed his entire game plan that he worked 72 he hours and then more. some on
0: yeah he blitzed a lot more they played more they I think there were times too where they were trying to put Bradbury in and out and moving a lot mm. of missing parts double yeah team I think Cooper they, Cup they double team Cooper Cup yeah I think they settled down and yeah I think the adjustments were absolutely there and as we mentioned before Desai out coach McVay so that was a really impressive win overall for the Eagles 5-0 and got the New York Jets coming up this week on Sunday We'll continue to move forward with that matchup tomorrow. We've still got three more shows for you right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen each and every day. Also, guys, to let you know, since football season is here, Lockdown's kicking up our coverage with Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Lockdown's going live at 2 p.m. on Eastern Time. Every Lockdown NFL YouTube channel is going to have it. Host Tanisha Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs. They'll break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles. All that and more. Find Lockdown NFL kickoff every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time on every Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off for today. As always, thank you so much for downloading, watching, and listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.